got Bob Nightingale from USA Today joining us in just a sec. He'll be with us. Got a lot to get to with Bob. Otani update, Soto update, Yamamoto update. He's ready to go. So it's our uh, MLB nine innings winter meetings dish right now to get the scoop from our guy Bob. Uh, USA Today's finest covering this team out in Nashville right now or covering this uh, winter meetings out in Nashville right now. Bob, great to have you back on. Good to see you. You look well rested at the moment. We'll see how you're doing a few days from now. Um, but let's start with Soto because you had sent out tweets about the Yankees and Padres being far apart. Does it sound like talks are dead at the moment and other teams could emerge, especially teams that don't get Otani, like maybe the Blue Jays? I mean, they, uh, they're dead for right now, but you know, it always happens where someone asks for a lot. Yankees don't want to give that much. I think the Blue Jays have interest too, but I don't know, you know, who's all interested. I mean, you got to pay this guy thirty-three million dollars. He's going to walk as a free agent. Uh, you know, I don't think there's a, uh, you know, huge value in him. So I, I don't blame the Yankees for saying, "Wait a minute, now we're not going to just do a one-year rental." Uh, it's not like he was carrying the Padres or anything. I mean, they were underachieved, you know, since he arrived. Not saying it was all his fault, but he was part of the problem. Are you surprised that there aren't more teams involved on Soto and that we've gotten to a point in the industry where teams are like, oh, it's only one season of a player and it's 30-something million dollars? Because on the other side, Bob, you always hear, oh, a team doesn't want to get involved on a player over such a lengthy contract, right? You'll hear the same thing from certain teams about Cody Bellinger where they'll say, I don't want to sign a player for seven, eight years. So if you don't like that and you don't like the one year, it's like only – what, th two to four years is how you please every front office and ownership group? <laughs> well, I think, you know, when you look back at, like, uh, Francisco Lindor, Mookie Betts, both traded one year ago, but both teams thought they had a chance to, you know, sign those guys to extensions, and they did. I mean, the Dodgers didn't get anything for uh, Mookie Betts. And, uh, you know, uh, Cleveland didn't get that much either for Lindor, you know, a better deal. But I, I think in this case, they know that he's going to test free agent. Uh, he's going to want at least $500 million. So are you going to give him, you know, $533 million because $33 million this year? I just don't think there's a big value on him right now. A year from now, yes. But, you know, when you have to give up players, you know, plus pay the salary, uh, that's, that's, that's a tough ask. So I know the talk is, okay, he's a Boris client. He's not, you know, he's not going to sign an extension are any of these trades contingent? Because I know some of, some other trades people have gotten trade or talked about getting traded, and they talk about an extension before the trade goes through. Are there any chances that teams are able to even talk to Soto about an extension, or is that just a mute point? No, we're not talking. Yeah, mute point. Usually, they won't give anybody even seventy-two hours to do something. Uh, they used to back in the day, but it's very rare now. So I think it's say, like, yeah, you got, you got him for one year. You know, good luck signing him as a free agent. You know, the one advantage you do, if he plays uh, with the Yankees or Toronto, at least he knows the atmosphere, whether he wants to stay there as a free agent. So you do have a little bit of advantage there. But, but that's it. So, Bob, being that it seems like the Yankees are not in on Shohei Otani, there's a chance they don't get someone like Juan Soto – I know that they're in on Yamamoto, so are many others, like the Mets and Giants, according to many, including I think you've talked about the Yamamoto market being insane. Where do you think they go? Are, is Scott Boris just hanging out laughing, being like, 
Cody Bellinger's price is sky high now because the Yankees clearly need to upgrade their offense. Their offense was terrible last season. Um, and if they're not going to trade for a big bat like Soto, it's not like there are a ton of bats available on the free agent or trade market. No, I, yeah, I think they could uh, still, you know, get the uh, Korean center fielder, uh, do that as well. But I, I think Bellinger falls on a lap. I think if you don't get Soto, they say, you know what, we'll pivot to Bellinger. And uh, I think that the front runner for Yamamoto, he's the opposite of uh, Otani. He wants a spotlight. He wants, you know, the fashion, all that kind of stuff. I think it's, I think it's between the Yankees and Dodgers. I won't eliminate the Mets because they're still in New York. But he, uh, I can't see him signing anywhere else. Okay, I'll take you to Shohei Otani and where your thoughts are at the moment. I mean, I know it's been difficult for anybody to get that much information. But do you have any ideas, any added research or um, whispers about when, where, how much, et cetera. I still think he stays in uh, Los Angeles and uh, plays for the Dodgers. I'm not going to rule out the Angels. I, I won't. Uh, San Francisco probably offered the most money, but he wants to hit. He wants to set records. You know, he wants to hit uh, playing in uh, San Francisco. So I, think, I can't see him pitching Chicago because of the weather. If he wants to pitch again, he does. With the rain outs, the rain delays. Uh, I know Atlanta's in the mix as well. So is Toronto, obviously. At least they got the dome. But I think he stays in the West Coast. They had too many teams at Central that reached out and he, they were told, sorry, he wants to stay West Coast. He's not interested in coming to play. I think it'd be fair to be able to root out the Angels. I think if he would have resigned with them, they would have probably done it by now. Or he wants to go, he's always been saying he wants to go somewhere to win, doesn't he? He does, but he's very comfortable there, and they treat him great. He pretty much runs his own show. He tells you, you know, when he's going to play, when he's going to pitch. Uh, you know, hasn't talked to the media since August 9th. I'm not sure how many markets that would play in. So I just think the comfort level. You know, hey, Trout stayed there, so he could too. I'm not saying they're the favorites, but I wouldn't rule him out. I, re I really wouldn't just because of the comfort level. Now, it's, it's probably uh, fair to say he's probably the one piece, the one big domino that's holding up the market right now, right? He's the one that a lot of teams are in on who have to kind of wait and see for him to make his decision. And Soto, too. Yeah, I mean, with, you know, you've got the big bat. And, you know, it's a, it's a thin market. There's not that many bats out there. Uh, so, yeah, I think once he's signed, once Yamamoto signed, then the market moves. But certainly you don't want to what, give up a chance to sign uh, Otani you know, and, and take somebody else. So, yeah, I think once both those guys move, uh, you know, the position player market, if you think about it, is uh, very shallow. So I, I think that one could take a while to develop just because there's not that many guys out there. I mean, you got Bellinger, you got Chapman. There's a drop-off. Bob, you've been covering this industry for a while. Have you ever seen anything like this? I'm not talking about the player on the field, but the free agent process that Otani has gone through and how mysterious it is and how they've kept everything so closed up. Um, for example, last year, Judge is the big free agent, and many people um, made the case that, you know, he goes to San Francisco, there's that, like, kind of awkward video that I think was staged so that it showed that, hey, San Francisco's real, Yankees, you better pay a little bit more, and it worked out for him. Otani's like the opposite, where just no one knows anything, no one knows bids. So have you ever seen anything like this and do you think it's working? Because it seems like from his camp's perspective, if they don't talk much about him and don't put anything out there, then someone like him that we're looking at um, won't be covered and, and he won't have to deal with as much publicly. 
I think there's been actually more intrigue and talk because no one knows anything. And so people just guess and throw random shit out there. Oh, I agree. I, I do think it's working. You know, as a, uh, you know, people say people throwing darts out there and guessing at different things. Nobody knows what he's thinking. Uh, he was spotted in San Francisco the other day. That's probably the first, you know, news nugget we've, we've seen. But, I, you know, he doesn't need to drum up interest. I mean, how many times you see, you know, agents leaking out, hey, just met with this team, that team. You know, it used to be, hey, you travel to different cities and make sure the media knows about it. Because everybody wants him. He doesn't need to drum up interest. So I think it's working, and it works for his personality. Because this guy is just, you know, almost like a recluse. He does not want to be, you know, around a lot of people. He doesn't want anybody to know his business. Is there a better fit for outside of the Dodgers for Shohei than Toronto? The media market is pretty simple for him. He would be the face of an entire country, which the team would end up making a ton of money on it off field in that sense. And they're really a team that if he goes there, puts them over the top. No, I agree with you, Eric. I mean, the, uh, you know, be a great, great, you know, international signing for everybody. And let's play, face it, there's pressure. There's pressure on the Dodgers to start winning in the playoffs. There's a lot of pressure in Toronto. They probably underachieved, uh, you know, more than any team that AL East with all their talent they have. They need to win. And they just got a $300 million, you know, project uh, with the stadium refurbished. They need to sell those luxury tickets. So they need a guy like Otani to assure some sellouts and everything else. They got two more years left of, uh, you know, Avijo uh, and the, uh, uh, I'm sorry, with Bichette and Vlad Guerrero, and then, you know, they could be gone. So there's a lot of pressure in that Toronto front office to win now. Hey, Bob, I wanted to get your thoughts on the trade, because um, really that's the only thing that's occurred so far at these winter meetings. It was really kind of before it started, but Jared Kelnick moves on to the Atlanta Braves, gets traded again here. Um, we... Spoke a lot about this deal earlier in the show. There are a ton of very pissed off Mariners fans right now because it seems like they are cutting payroll left and right. I mean, we joked with Ryan Divish when we spoke to him earlier saying, are the Mariners broke? I'm confused about where they're going as a ball club right now. Like, should they be on that documentary from years back as a team? I know it was mostly with athletes, but is there something we don't know about Seattle and the way that they're constructing things? The thing that stood out to me the most was that they had conversations, according to Ken, earlier this offseason with the Rays about a Rosarena and Paredes, and they had to put them on hold because he said that they weren't in a financial spot to take those salaries on. Rosarena's due about nine mil in ARB. That's where the number is projected to settle. Paredes, three million. So now we're down. We're going from will the Mariners sign Otani for 50 plus to can they afford $12 million of two starting players? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, they've had a bad winter. You know, remember we had Jerry DePoto saying, hey, we won 54% of our games, so the fan base is already upset by that. They're going ballistic right now. Obviously, they're saving money for something. Uh, could they be saving money for Soto? Uh, possibly. Not Otani. And, you know, you know, remember now, Otani wants to win. When people say, hey, he doesn't want to go back to the Angels, they don't win enough. The Mariners have won less than the Angels have. You know, they've been to the playoffs once in 22 years. So Soto could make sense there to save money for him. Otherwise, you know, maybe like you know, Ken said, we're a Rosarina type of deal. So, Bob, do you have any inkling of a team that might miss out on doing anything? This happens every year. It happens during the season and in the offseason. So, for example, this past trade deadline, 
Giants ended up doing absolutely nothing. Reds ended up doing absolutely nothing. Both of those teams clearly were burned by that, where you look at the other side, like a team, say, like Texas. They've done a lot the last two off-seasons. They did a lot at the deadline. I know that doesn't always convert into winning, but it seems like right now we've got about five to seven teams that we're talking a ton about that have a lot of pressure on them from their fan base. When I say pressure, I mean people that pay the money, that need to see something from them. They're not all going to land superstars. So do you see trouble brewing for any of teams like some that we mentioned, the Yankees, the Dodgers, the Giants, the Cubs, et cetera? I think, you know, two teams that could jump out is the Cubs. Uh, you know, if they don't get Otani, I don't think he's going to come there. Yamamoto's not going to come there. Uh, if they don't re-sign Bellinger, they could be that team. And it could also be Toronto. If they don't get Otani, I don't think Yamamoto's going there. Uh, if they don't bring back Chapman and, and Bellinger, that'll be a huge disappointment. I think someone's got to take San Francisco money. I, I think he's going to throw up. I think they'll outbid everybody for Otani. I don't think they'll go there, but I think they'll. Uh, they've got so much pressure to do something. Never now. They uh, their, their fan base is really plummeted here. I think it was seventeenth in baseball last year, the lowest since the new ballpark was built. They need to get fans back in that at that ballpark. If let's say Toronto does miss out on that, let's say and all these other teams that you think uh, are in on the Otani sweepstakes and they kind of miss out, what kind of names do you see coming up maybe midseason as the trade market kind of develops? Are there any big names that you can see getting moved? I know it depends on if what teams get out to good starts or not, but uh, guys that are in their last year of deals, are their trade is the trade market going to be kind of another hot stove for us in the middle of this year for teams? It could be. I mean, I think Dylan Cease will definitely be traded, you know, before the uh, uh, before the winter is out. So I wouldn't count him. Uh, I think last night will be traded. But I would think a uh, Corbin Burns, he could be a guy to trade down the line. I don't think the Brewers will trade him now. I really don't. I think they're still so upset about Craig Council going through their arch rival Cubs that they want to do everything possible to finish ahead of the Cubs. Even if they finish fourth, the Cubs are fifth. They'll be happy with that. So I'm not sure they're ready to wave the white flag on this season. So Burns would be that type of guy. Hey, I'll, I'll follow up on Cease with you, Bob. Are you curious about the direction of the White Sox? And I know, sadly, AJ's not on with us today, but he'll have fun again with Chicago tomorrow. I'm just confused because, okay, here's a new GM. They went through tanking. They did that for a while. They had a short window of winning. It did not last long. They did not get the results that they wanted. It's the weakest division in baseball, no doubt about it, for the last few years and looks to be the case for the next several years, including teams like, say, Kansas City that are still not in a good spot. Like, wh- Where do you think the White Sox are going here? So if they trade Cease, Kratz has mentioned before, like maybe they should look into trading Robert. Then I'm like, okay, well, now we're completely restarting again and we're on the five-year plan after we just did that you know, it was like a two-year window of trying, and we had six years before that where they weren't. I think they stop at cease. I don't think they win the world to trade Robert because they're talking about just, you know, rebuilding. And like you said, the AL Central is so weak. The last rebuild was a disaster when they had one good season a couple of years ago, ran away with the division, and then got knocked off by Houston in the playoffs. But I think in that division is being so weak, they feel like they can bounce back in 2025. So they need Robert. I, I think he's definitely there. Uh, Cease is, you know, everybody needs starting pitching. It's a time to move him. I don't think they wanted to at the beginning of the offseason, but now that people are so desperate, you know, hey, you're going to get Atlanta a bite. You're going to get the Dodgers a bite. 
maybe even Baltimore, one of those three teams is going to. So I think they have no choice with C's, knowing that you're not going to be competitive this year. But I, I think they could bounce back a year from now. Who's the best candidate to do like a prove-it contract? Of everyone's out there, you know, right now, nothing's really happening. So we're like, oh, well, they need this guy and this guy needs this guy. Who is going to be left player-wise at the end and going, oh, crap, it's February 1st. I guess I need to sign like a one-year – I don't know what the, you know, the qualifying offer was, $20 million, So then he'll sign like a one-year $22 million. Who do you feel like could be that guy? I don't know if there'd be a guy that you know, has to settle for a one-year deal, but when you talk to uh, different GMs, executives, they think it would be a race between uh, a Cody Bellinger and a Josh Hader who is sitting out there February 1st. Bellinger's price tag is very high. Hader wants to become the highest uh, reliever in, paid reliever in, in baseball history. So I think those, both those guys will be you know, a, a long, long days. Uh, I'm not sure about you know, the one-year guy who has to settle for that. I think some of these guys will learn their lesson. Like, you know, maybe, you know, could that happen to a guy like Marcus Stroman? Possibly. But I think everybody needs pitching so much that, that it won't be him. Uh, be interesting. But I, but I do think a Josh Hader and a Bellinger will be up there for a long time. Well, you said everybody needs to sign pitching. There's one name, former teammate of mine that's been out there, been out there as a, uh, interesting way to word it. Trevor Bauer, are there any murmurs? Are there any conversations that you've been hearing out there? Are teams, what's the kind of overall feel? Do you have a pulse on it that uh, people are interested in maybe signing him back into the league? No, I think people think he's untouchable. I haven't heard one whisper. Anyone think they're even thinking about this. Uh, remember now, remember Roberto Azuna was outstanding closer for the Astros. Yeah. He had the domestic violence thing in uh, Toronto. People got upset in Houston. So scouts that see him now say he's better than 90, 95% of the relievers in baseball today, but still nobody will, will sign him. So if they're not going to re-sign a uh, Osuna, I don't think they can uh, go back with Bauer. I, I don't see it happening. Okay. W with that being said, I mean, this leads me to a team that's dealing with an off-the-field situation, but I'll, I'll go to multiple fan questions asking about what they're going to do with the players that um, are going to be part of the 2024 season, the Tampa Bay Rays, right? Because we don't know what's going to happen with Wander Franco. If I had to guess, though, he's probably not playing next year. So fans asking, what are plans with Glass now? Now we're seeing people throw Rosarena's name out there in addition to Paredes. Do you think that the Rays take a step back or it's more just the normal reshuffling that they do? It, it seems like, according to you, Glass now will probably be dealt. Do you think they go even further with someone like Brandy, too? They could, but I think they'll get enough back. I mean, these guys have such a smart front office. I think it's you know, business as usual for those guys. It's amazing they could lose a Wander Franco and still be, you know, a great team. I think people still think they'll win 90 games. I think that that group is an organization, that deep of an organization. But I'm with you. I don't see him playing next year. We'll see what happens after that. Uh, but, no, I think that front office is that good. And I think that's what drives teams like the Yankees and Red Sox crazy that they can spend all this money and still not be nearly as good as the Rays are. You're right, Bob. I bring it up all the time on this show. There are so many owners that want to be like the Rays in terms of how they operate their budget and what that looks like on the field, and they just cannot figure it out. Okay, so let's finish with this before you run around that massive country of a hotel again. Um, multiple questions here in the chat right now. Cole and 
Um, who else here? I'm just looking at him. Cole said, have they said anything about St. Louis going after another starter? Jordan also asking, what do you think about the Cardinals offseason so far? So what do you think of what they've done? And because it was so early, do you see them doing anything else? My concern, Bob, is they talked about how they didn't have swing and miss in their rotation. We saw that before the season started. It played out really poorly for them, especially with the shift restrictions now. They didn't get big swing and miss guys just now with the three pitchers. They're good. They can eat innings. Gray was one of the best pitchers in the American League. But are they suddenly a lock to win the division? I don't think so. No, they should be better. And I love those guys they signed. I mean, they eat innings. Uh, they average about 108 innings apiece. Uh, you know, Cease, they'd like to have Dylan Cease. I don't see a matchup there. I don't see them having the players that they're going to give up for Cease. Uh, you know, Atlanta, Dodgers, Baltimore make a lot more sense. But, you know, they could bring back a guy like a, uh, you know, a Seth Lugo, a Michael Waka. You know, it's not swing and miss stuff, but just more veterans to help out that rotation. Bob, we appreciate the time. I know you're busy running around there. Go break some news stories for us. Hopefully it's a busy winter meetings. Hopefully Otani doesn't hold it up. Great to see you, and maybe you'll get a few hours of sleep. What do you think, three to four hours a night? Uh, max, max. It depends what time the bar opens, the bar closes, and then what time <laughs> the uh, GMs get coffee. <laughs> I know you're on it. You're on it. Good to see you, Bob. <laughs> Take care, guys. Thanks. Thank you. Cheers. Bob Nightingale does a great job, obviously, uh, covering this sport for USA Today, and you can follow him. Um, we'll post some of these clips on our Twitter right now. A uh, quick look at MLB Nine Innings. Hey, outfield in. Easy out, everybody. Easy out. Like I said, easy out. I said, easy out, buddy. Want to play another nine innings? Not so tough now. Scan the QR code and download MLB Nine Innings 23. You can see all those features there, and uh, they'll be part of our coverage here of winter meetings week. So check that out. And also we'll post a link to this in the podcast um, in the description as well. Free to download, baby. Back on stadium with Russ Dorsey, Bron Kipnis and Kratz, winter meetings time. And Russ, let's get right into the poll question. We'll dive into it uh, on the Blue Jays. So there's been a lot of writing and speculation that they might do something bigger. At least they're going to try. So we put the poll out. Will they get Otani, get Soto or miss both? I just voted. Actually, put Soto. I think they have a shot, and if the Yankees don't pay up the way the Padres want them to or maybe they don't match up that way, I think Ricky Tiedemann's a really good pitching prospect who they can revolve this deal around, and that might be the best prospect they could get in a deal like this quality-wise. Maybe they do get him, because I don't think they're getting Otani. Your thoughts? I'm just speculating. I, the, the one that they need to me is Soto, because I think when you look at the Toronto Blue Jays and their offensive production, you know what you're going to get out of Springer. Most times you know what you're going to get about Vlad Jr., like when he's playing at the Vlad Jr. level, Bo Bichette, et cetera. 
But you look at their outfield, right? Outside of Springer, and if he gets banged up, then you just have to worry about Dalton Barsha, who is an elite glove, but didn't really show the offensive upside that he did his last year in Arizona. So I think they need Juan Soto, and you look at that production, and I love the idea of Toronto saying, hey, we're going all in with Blatty, with Bo Bichette, who knows what happens with Matt Chapman, but we're going to have our lineup revolve around Juan Soto and Vladdy. Isn't Vladdy essentially what – isn't Vladdy supposed to be what Juan Soto has been his entire career? Like, Vladdy's not MVP season. Like, it's more walks than strikeouts. It's been – so shouldn't Vladdy be the guy? Like, if they just say, hey, you know what, we're not picking Soto up because you need to be our Juan Soto, wouldn't it be better if they got – somebody else not necessarily i because I, I look at it as why not have two of those guys right like why mm-hmm. not have a guy in juan soto from the left side have vladdy from the right side and i think you're right you look at that 2021 season that vladdy had where in a world where shohei doesn't exist he's the runaway mvp in the american league i think he's closer to being that player than the player we've seen over the last year and a half that wasn't really producing, wasn't really hitting the ball in the ballpark last year until the back half of the season. I think he's closer to being the AL MVP front, uh, runner-up from 2021. But you still need uh, other guys in that lineup that can help a guy like a Vlad Jr., right? Having Juan Soto in that same lineup helps Vlad Jr., right? It helps Bo Bissett. It helps David Schneider. It helps George Springer. So I, I would love that move just from a baseball standpoint and saying, all right, you run that one through five in that order against anybody else in baseball, you're going to have a tough go. If they add, if they add Soto or Shohei, are they now the American league favorite for the world series with their starting, with their starting rotation, four guys that made over 28 starts, like possibly one of the most solid rotations, not the most like elite top end, but their ceiling, their their floor is like here. So, do they become? Do they catapult to the number one contender in the American League with either one of those guys? I'm trying to quickly run through the team. So, AL Central, they got everybody in that division. Uh, the AL East, are they better than the Yankees with Juan Soto? Maybe because of the starting pitcher, right? They're better than Boston if they do that. I think you look at the AL West. All right, wait, wait, wait. Let me go back to the AL East. Are they better than the Orioles if they add Juan Soto? That's that's my question. I that's that's I, is that lineup is to... that lineup what it should be? Because this year's lineup was supposed to be absolute gas. They were supposed mm-hmm. to mash, and it was kind of flipped upside down. The starting pitching kind of did it, and they kind of hit some. I think that's the thing I'm concerned about with Baltimore in that whole equation where I think the O's are going to hit, right? And, and especially if Jackson Holiday comes up and plays for them majority of next season. I really like that team. I really like that lineup. But I don't know if they can match the starting pitching that the Blue Jays have with Kevin Gosman at the front end. Are they the? I have a, t- a tough time saying they'd be the best team in the American League, though, just because those teams in the AL West have been so strong for so long. And I think you look at the Texas Rangers early in their tenure with Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon and not knowing what they do in the starting pitching market where they can be in on a lot of guys too. I still like the the Rangers and what they can do. 
even a team, the Rangers, the Rangers were a team that barely made the playoffs. Yeah, I know they won the World Series, but mm-hmm. they barely made the playoffs. So to me, then I'll double down since it's on me again. They had Shohei and Soto. Pipe no. dream. No. Pipe dream. Scott doesn't want to go there like, like we're talking about the NFL. <laughs> but we're talking about a team in the Blue Jays that owns an entire country. Do they become World Series favorites if they add them both? Well, yeah, at that point, if you're going to go all in okay, and screw it, I'll be damned if there's a better team than <laughs> us this year. Yes, I think you can definitively say they would be the World Series favorite if they add both Shohei Otani and Juan Soto. Do they get that done? If they do, salute, because that, that is, uh, that's quite the haul there uh, at the winter meetings or in an offseason, but I'd love to see the chaos that ensues after that. Uh, shirtless show for you, or whatever you want, Kratz. Something, something to embarrass myself. Dinner, whatever. Okay, whatever you want. You, you name it. We'll make it happen. You gotta shave if... the beard and only go mustache. Done. Mustache for a week. Okay. This is Two such weeks. an opposite conversation of the Mariners one we just had. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Right? Exactly. But still, oh, wow. I'm telling you. And this actually leads to my next question. The Blue Jays are going after Otani, okay? They don't get him. Soto is a great backup option for them, even though it's one season. I think it's a a great situation for a team that, in my mind, has two years left in their winning window because I don't know if they're going to keep both Vladdy and Bo Bichette. And some of their other pitchers are getting older. Like, this is their time to win, and they have not done what they are supposed to do. They haven't won a playoff series since, what, 2016 or something. So, with all of that being said, Russ, do you think that – that scenario is going to make the winter meetings potentially boring in that there are other teams that are in the same boat too that are waiting for mysterious Shohei to make a decision. Now, I said that I think he'll make a decision by Friday, but that would be after the winter meetings. But Toronto might say to San Diego, hey, let's chill for a little bit because if we don't get Otani, we can probably give you a little more for Soto right now, but we can't do our Soto trade yet because we're not getting both. The Giants could make the same case with some of the other dudes that they might go after. And on and on, right? Like the Giants probably not getting Bellinger, Otani, and someone like Montgomery or Yamamoto, but they'd like to get maybe get two of those guys. So with all of this being said, if Otani just kind of sits back and is still deciding, is that going to prevent serious big signings in this winter meetings? Likely. And I think when you look at what Shohei is as a free agent, He is the big domino. He is the big piece. He is the straw that stirs the drink right now. And I think something you hear when you talk to people in the industry uh, is irons in the fire, right? A lot of teams have a lot of irons in the fire right now. But until people know what their resources are, what the market looks like without Shohei on it, I don't think a team like the Dodgers can decide, oh, are we still in on Yamamoto? Well, we I want to know if we get Shohei first. And then we can be very confident in those conversations like, hey, we got Shohei. Let's go get uh, Yoshinobu Yamamoto as well. Like, if, if you're a team that's in on Blake Snell, do you want to see if Yamamoto signs first? Well, does Yamamoto sign before Shohei? So, like, there's all these, you know, ups and downs of if this happens, this, then this happens. Like, you know, when you're a kid and you're reading uh, those books that says to find out what happens, turn to page 47. I think there are a lot of teams in that boat like, all right, if Shohei signs, turn to page 47. 
right? And then there's a lot of events that happen after that. Like, I think you go from Shohei to Yamamoto, Yamamoto to Snell, Snell to Dylan Cease getting traded, right? Like, I don't think a Dylan Cease trade happens before those other things happen, right? Like, so until we get Shohei to sign, especially in the starting pitching market, I think we have a tough time having more movement, maybe some lower level deals, but you're not going to see any of the big boys sign until Shohei moves, in my opinion. You kind of answered my question. That's where I was going with uh, who would they go after if they missed out on Shohei. And it's always the big dominoes that have to go first because teams want to wait and see what uh, what they can get in there, and then they'll put their money towards elsewhere. Um, going back to Toronto, though, let's say – obviously, let's say Shohei signs elsewhere. Let's say they – then, okay, they turn their attention to, attention to Soto. Yankees can offer more money. What does Toronto look like? Where do they go then next? What does those next names look like? Because you said Snell yeah. sees for pitcher markets. What's the hitter market? I think, Kip, it's a it's a tough year in the free agent market in terms of position player. Like, there's just not that top-end talent like we've seen over the last three or four years where you had names like Judge, Machado, Harper, uh, all the shortstops, whether it's Correa and Seager uh, and Simeon out there. It's just not that this year, right? And so you look at what Toronto needs. They need outfit. Where do you go? And something I tweeted as just an expectation I had before the winter meeting started is I think you have seen an increase in the trade market, at least talk in the trade market, because of the lack of production that is out there in the free agent market, especially in the outfield market where Toronto will be looking. So is there a name out there that could interest Toronto? I know a lot of teams are calling the Chicago White Sox. Like, could a guy like an Aloy Jimenez fit up north of the border in Toronto if you're looking for offense? Like, that, if I'm a team that needs offense and I look at a guy and Aloy is like, all right, it's a lot of homers out there. Maybe he doesn't play outfield full time. Maybe he DHs for us the majority of the time. But I think that's a guy that in Rogers Center hit a lot of home runs. So I, I definitely think as we go here, and you're seeing some of the movement in the starting pitching market and free agency, I think on the other side of that, I think you're going to see more of that offense production. I think teams are going to really look heavily into the trade market this year. All right, Russ, enjoy yourself out there, man. Don't get lost. Yo, it's a big, it's a big place. I know Diver said it's the seven rings of hell. This place is massive, so I will likely get lost at least once or twice. <laughs> you, they need navigation on your phone to get everywhere within the hotel. I know that's not usually how it works, but they need it. They got maps everywhere, so they know people getting lost. I can't I read money. a map. I only do straight up what the phone tells me to do. If it tells on, me to Scott. walk into the ocean and keep walking, I listen because I trust that eventually I'll get where I need to go. Scott, there was a time, <laughs> there was a time where you, all you had was MapQuest. Like, don't do that. Right? You, yeah, you yeah and guess what? Russ, when I, when I printed out MapQuest and then went to drive somewhere that was like beyond the 10, 15 minute radius of where I lived, I was so freaking lost. I ended up in other states. And I was like, <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to do fair. this. So um, I'm thankful for the technology that we have now, dude. <laughs> Russ, find, Russ, find a buddy. Yeah. Find a buddy that you're going to go to every press conference with. And if you don't see him or her or she doesn't or he doesn't see you, they'll raise their hand. And then we'll, we need to find our Russ. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm pro buddy system. I'm pro buddy system. I got a, you got a lot of friends here. It's the great part about the winter meeting. So somebody is likely to say, I don't see Russ. Let's find him. And then there's a search party to find me at the winter meeting.
Okay, perfect. So when we talk to you later this week, we'll find out who Russ's buddy is on the buddy system. Enjoy uh, life out there, dude. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs> Thank you, guys.